0: hey did you know that the podcast you're listening to right now is actually part of a network of podcasts dubbed the amazing friends podcast network ethan parker smith
1: i did griffin sheridan and did you know that for other great podcasts comics and more you can visit sheridan and
0: no shit hi i'm jeff winger my name's Griffith Sheridan, and we have
1: important things to discuss.
0: Oh, shit. Oh, shit. Whoa, Oh, Ethan, shit. You oh, remember, shit. Do you remember when it was like two months between Supple Boys episodes, and we were like, don't worry, guys, you're not going to have to wait that long again between Supple Boys episodes. Mm-hmm. I'm just asking if you remember it because I, yeah, no, I, I thought that was quite funny. And do it's you remember thing. when we were always men of our word, and we always
1: kept our promises, no matter mm-hmm. what happened. Always, <laughs> always. <laughs> Don't make promises you can't keep, Mister Sheridan. All right, I'll do my best. <laughs> <laughs> That's what he says. That's what um, he says. That's the line. Hey, everybody. It's the Supple Boys podcast. We're back. Your favorite most supple boys that you know. Uh, Over there, that's Griffin Sheridan. I am Ethan Parker Smith. Uh, We're back. It's another podcast. Um, Mm -hmm. Last Mm -hmm. one was about the monster movies. I'm never Mm going to watch those ever again. And You're fucking fool. this one's about You'll other watch, stuff
0: You will certainly watch Kong Skull Island One more time in your I'll life I'll
1: probably watch that again Yeah, I'll, I'll certainly watch the scene where the guy gets Flung into a mountain and exploded uh, And you will watch times. Godzilla
0: vs. Kong When they do the sequel and they start the franchise of Godzilla You're and right, Kong When I team do my, up my, films. My, annual,
1: my annual Monsterverse rewatch When they um, do Godzilla and Kong In space have you, you seen those Godzilla watch. versus Kong Blu-rays? Though those are really like those are really yeah. Pretty looking. I actually they just got
0: that saw neon thing. Yeah. I just saw them this week uh, walking around the store we both work for, mm-hmm. and um, and I thought that was pretty pretty dope looking, just like that they movie. Cool. So that's right.
1: Um, yeah, we're here again with another podcast. I, I I've said that I wanted to do our mission statement at the top of the show, and uh, we keep not doing that, but. This, in case you don't know who we are and for some reason you're starting fresh at this one uh, we're podcast producers and writers we make shows for people much more famous than us including Donnie Cates and Ryan Stegman who are big in the comic book world and we got podcasts with them as well that we'll plug at the end but it's not about them it's about us and we're trying to mm-hmm. break into the comics industry so this is where we mm-hmm. talk about shit that inspires us and we talk about trying our process
0: of trying to break in and be writers and be cool creative dudes Mm -hmm. Um, because we don't get any time to actually talk about anything that we like to do outside of the podcasts or outside of the comics we have to read for the podcasts. Uh, So the podcast here that you're listening to, Supple Boys, is often the only time Ethan and I get to talk (laughs) about anything that aren't those things. This is just us catching up. Um. We said, how can we hang out, but also, you know, Make content because (laughs) the content machine never stops. And Supple Boys was born. Actually, uh, Ethan, we blew right past. Uh, Actually, I believe the MonsterVerse episode came out the day after the one year anniversary of Supple Boys. Oh, shit whoa a year and we got we've gotten out like mm, like 21 episodes 22 episodes in a year wait 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 how many
1: wait okay well we're okay the show's supposed to come out every week how many weeks are there in a year
0: 52 oh fuck (laughs) fuck (laughs) we really dropped the oh fuck
1: that's a really bad batting average. We, like,
0: <laughs> okay, but like, you know, uh, I think quality over quantity, we always say. Ethan. Mm-hmm. Have we played three that? podcasts?
1: <laughs> <laughs> I think
0: we have. And, anyway, uh, and we're I don't back know. Happy first birthday to Supple Boys. Yeah. Happy Thanks, birthday. everybody, for listening to the show for a year. We look forward to another year of it. Yeah. Um, just know that as soon as we get into the comic book industry, we're jumping ship har- fucking hard.
1: Oh, yeah. No more podcasts <laughs> when we're making comics. That's
0: a uh, lie. At least for a while.
1: <laughs> Until uh-huh. I can sustain myself, maybe. We'll I don't we'll know. We'll be guesting on other people's podcasts. Everybody will be like, Uh-oh. hey, do you want to be interviewed for my comic book podcast? And we'll be like, we'll see if we can squeeze it in. Um, and we look
0: at our fucking schedule and it's like, just open. Just, like, nothing. Mm. No, we'll
1: have to fit it in between all the signings.
0: Oh yes, uh,
1: that is like uh, you know doing sketches. meetings with Kevin Feige, obviously.
0: Mm-hmm. mm-hmm.
1: You know, see. C- I'm wondering how long it'll CDC. take for that first meeting with Kevin Feige after
0: we break in. Probably not that long. Mm-mm. We are still in the process of getting our first comic book made. It is a. It is a long road, (laughs) apparently, and things always take much, much longer than I anticipate them to. Yeah, that would be
1: my advice to any comic book creator is just know that literally everything will take at
0: least five times longer than you think (laughs) it will. The total amount of time that you think it might take for you to get there, double it. Just double it. Yeah. At least. Um, the time frame we thought we would be working on initially is laughable.
1: <laughs> <laughs> very. Very. But it's okay. It's okay. Because and we always offer very little in the way of actual status updates, but we are working on our first
0: comic book. Like, that's happening. Yes. And we're, I think we could maybe say something about it sometime soon. I think I so, I say... What I love most, Ethan, is I love the, s- the fucking smell, the taste of fucking fresh character designs in the morning. That's Oof. what I love. Here's the nice thing about it, is that I know this first book's gonna come out, and as long as we don't totally fucking drop the ball, I know that you and I got fucking books on books on books that we want to fucking do. 100%. And, and we got multiple irons in the fire. And oh, yeah. And we've been so focused on the one title right now But I'm so fucking excited to get to the other ones. Oh, yeah. Um, Once once the doors open, like, once we're there, like, we're never going to (laughs) stop. It's going to be fucking awesome. And if you're listening to this and you want to make comic books or if you want to make movies, you want to be an actor, you want to be a painter, a comedian, whatever it is, just keep going, man. Just keep going. I have recently, like, discovered, I think just how easy it is to like slip in to a routine and the next thing you know it's just so much time has passed that's right and so it makes sense on how folks just get sucked into the system and they start off with a dream when they're our age and then they wake up at whatever 45 and they're like what the fuck i didn't do anything about it." imagine being 45 Fucking gross. Imagine being Ryan Stegman turning 40 in like a week. Gross. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, he's gonna lose all of his hair and talent at 40. That's what I uh, say. I I would wish I were dead if I were him. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Venom 200 came out, guys. A big round of applause to our boys. Mm. Ryan Stegman and Donny Cates, their master class. That's what they're I the say. They're the best. They did it again. I can't believe it. And Venom. Venom is a big reason for why we are here talking to you today. So get out there. If you haven't read their run, please do. Especially if you are a Spider Man fan, tangentially a Venom fan, whatever. Hop in. It's now complete. The whole epic, the whole saga is there. Um, Those dudes are (laughs) madmen. If you've ever been interested
1: in Venom, like.
0: This is the best Venom run. Like
1: like and that's not like that's not even my bias talking. Like I don't think it is. Because like 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 I just like have never really been that into the character. And this is like and this run is like I think it's just like the definitive Venom run, honestly. So like like yeah. One hundred percent get it. Go, well Donnie and Ryder the... they've
0: always They've always talked about how, uh, you know, obviously, particularly Donnie's, like, we gotta pull him out of Spider-Man's shadow. That's right. uh, And make him his own thing. And, like, the Flash Thompson Venom, I feel like, is, like, kind of in that vein, right? Because, you know, it's, like, a whole new thing they did, and they really... The Flash Thompson Venom, I think, like, folks really had a good time with that. But also, Flash Thompson is a fucking Spider-Man supporting character from all the way back to the beginning, so it's still right there. Um... But, like, Donnie went fucking ham in the conscience and he gave him the whole fucking lore, and there's this whole hidden history of the symbiote that you don't know yet, and Venom has yep. fucking wings! Yep. God damn it, I remembered that reveal <laughs> so vividly, because... Maybe that'll all happen and Venom Let There Be Carnage. Um, God, I fucking hope they... L- <laughs> Sony! Get these boys on the phone. Sony, I'm sure, is listening to this podcast uh, as they always chime in. They always send us emails and they're like, hey, can we premiere the Spider-Man No Way Home trailer on your podcast? We say that don't make a whole lot of sense considering it's an auditory medium. Mm-hmm. But no, we're not interested. Thank you very no. much. You should no. reach out to Ryan segment and Donnie Cates to get involved in your Venom movies which, by the way, are like tonally, what the fuck is going on? This doesn't feel like any of the Venom shit people really enjoy, but who the fuck am I to say? Because the last one made gangbusters, so fuck That's me, right. I guess. I'm what excited What are we talking about? What are we doing? What are we doing here? I hope you've enjoyed the first 15 minutes of the show which involves two 23 year old white dudes preaching at you about following your, chasing your dreams and reason venom
1: do it we're excited we're very excited um, and we're like we're thrilled that we're making comics and I feel like we're doing it like I think we're doing a great job like like we've we've had so many fucking devastating hurdles already and like and like I think that we've just done a good job of rolling with the punches and I'm really excited for people to see what we're working on also I just (laughs) want to go ahead and get this out of the way while we're doing the section up at the top where we talk about what we got what we got cooking Mm -hmm. Uh, I'm fucking because we're we're in the process of like we're writing a lot of scripts we're doing a lot of stuff and our names are going on a lot of shit. And I'm fucking switching my name around a little bit for it. And I wanted to talk about that on here really fast. Yeah. Because I never want the name my, the name Smith to appear on a comic book cover and that be referring to me. Because that could be literally fucking anybody. I'd rather die than be confused with Kevin Smith. Um, and, <laughs> Jesus. Uh, <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Kevin
0: Smith, All right. Okay, uh, well, but, let me... Can I interject real quick with this mm-hmm. Kevin Smith story? Speaking of Sony's Venom 2018 yes. uh, there was, this was just a day where I was perusing the Venom special features as one does and Kevin Smith was featured on there and there's just a moment where Kevin Smith was like you know on a weird geek level it was crazy when Tom Hardy got cast as Venom. Uh, because, well, you uh, like
1: very subtly did a good Kevin
0: Smith voice there. What the <laughs> fuck? I don't know I don't know. That was interesting. The thing about Tom Hardy being cast as Venom is that Felicia Hardy is the black cat. And explain. I, don't know. <laughs> I just. What do you mean? I just Tom Hardy and Felicia Hardy, they have the same last name. Okay. That's that why was on the special features. That, that was why it was. A, dude, I can play. I can play. I got it on my Snapchat memories because I was so baffled <laughs> by this. All right. Well, <laughs> I'm, gonna, I'm gonna need to see that. I'm gonna. I sent it to you. I don't remember that's, that at certainly, all. Certainly, that's why I have it. I'm gonna play it in here, and
1: it's gonna be great. Well, the dude loves himself some fucking weed, and he must have been high as fuck. It's
0: awesome that Tom Hardy is playing
1: Venom on this weird deep level. Uh, The Black Cat's name is Felicia Hardy. So,
0: again, me and nine other people on the planet—that's why we geeked out. I thought he was going to say it's awesome because he played Bane as well. He's like, oh, yeah, we got he's playing two iconic comic book villains, you know, from either side of the fence. Very cool. That's rough. <laughs> I don't have anything against Kevin Smith personally. No, no. At all. I, I've liked I him a lot was, of stuff. Did you, was okay, just this is tangents baffled. on
1: fucking tangents on tangents. And but also I don't think he
0: looks great, by the
1: way, recently. Like, oh, he looks know, after incredible. And I'm very and happy he looks for fantastic. him. Yes, 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 absolutely. I do like the guy. This is this is like the fourth branch of tangent. I don't think <laughs> our main segment's going <laughs> to take that lines, long, so the it's timeline fine. timeline split. Uh, but <laughs> did you ever watch that Stan Lee's Mutants, Monsters, and Marvels thing? Uh, that was like a VHS and then a DVD it was it was like a couple hours of, of Kevin Smith sitting in a comic shop at like peak Kevin Smith like in the mid 2000s just talking mm-hmm. to Stan Lee and like interviewing him um, and so it was just these long form conversations with Stan Lee about like M- Marvel and his history and comics and stuff and I had that on VHS and I fucking wore it out as a kid just like mm-hmm. listening to the two of them talk and, and it was all of Stan Lee's stories that are like certainly heightened and shit but I just mm-hmm. like I just ate it it up and listen mm-hmm. to it forever, and I and I How now have not? the DVD version of it, um, Very and nice. I fucking I fucking love it. That was a that that's like a big nostalgia thing for me. Um, love Kevin Smith it seems sometime. like a fucking lovely guy, uh, and mm-hmm. I like him. I mm-hmm. I was completely kidding when I said I don't. I would rather die than be mixed up with him. But <laughs> that being said, uh, I certainly don't want Smith to be like the thing on the cover that represents me because it doesn't mean anything. It could be literally anyone or anything. Um, and so I was like flirting with the idea of like should I fucking come up with some sort of pen name or mm. is that embarrassing? Uh, and mm. uh, and like in the process of like trying to brainstorm some, I was like that's embarrassing. I don't <laughs> I don't like it. Uh, like s- some of us are not born lucky enough to be a Donny Cates uh, mm, where you have a, a fucking name. like simple, name. not
0: weird but memorable, unique name. Um, <laughs> may i add and, don- donnie uh, i believe we talked about this donnie is his actual birth name it is yeah. not donald it is don yeah. donnie some of Kates. us are not that
1: blessed uh, i've God never damn. liked my last name um and uh and so yeah the, the 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 handful of of people that follow our stuff and listen to this uh will know before i end up just fucking doing it when our comic comes out fingers crossed knock on wood uh, I'm just switching my name around. I'm just gonna start going by uh, Ethan S. Parker. I'm just switching those last two names, and that'll be my sort of pen name. Uh, but I want that to be on everything, so I think we gotta fucking re-record that network sting. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just want, I just want to, I want that to be my fucking name going forward. Um, cause you know, I authors, think, they have the fucking little initial thing in the middle and I think that's yeah. classy as hell. And also I'm not changing my name, so it's not that embarrassing. I'm just doing a little switcheroo
0: to make it more well, memorable. I'd rather have Parker on a cover than Smith for sure. That sounds fine, but I think what we should do is put out a Twitter poll with a couple of different options, including Ethan S. Parker, um, E train, um, mm-hmm. E-P-S- Ethan Corn Smith. People will get that later. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Can't wait for them to get that. Um, um, and what are What are a couple of other other good ones? Um, you could be called uh, Parker Smith, Ethan, Parker mm-hmm. S. Ethan. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll try all of the various the yeah, variations. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and how about E. P. Uh smiley face emoji, potentially sunglasses emoji. Dollar sign. Yep. Yeah. Uh-huh. Well, the dollar sign I think should be the S in between Ethan and Parker. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very well, cool. Well anyway. Uh <laughs> we we gotta have a listener out there that also has the last name Smith, and they gotta be like, man, what the fuck? Yeah,
1: man? they probably get it. <laughs> <laughs> oh,
0: alright. Alright.
1: <laughs> um, but yeah. Ethan S. Parker, that's going to
0: be all over all over my stuff. You know, um, we're we're actually recording this right around is just a few days after the 40th anniversary of Raiders of the Lost Ark. Uh, mm-hmm. So I've been on a little Indiana Jones binge as I picked up the 4K uh, Blu-ray set yeah uh, because i fucking love indiana jones we're always talking about star wars on here and i'm pretty sure i've probably mentioned indiana jones before but indiana jones is right fucking up there oh, with yeah. star wars uh and i was telling nathan we have to do an episode on it soon um and uh i was watching some behind the scenes stuff and george lucas originally was like indiana smith there it is that's the name and oh i heard Spiel- about this and, in the and book and that Spielberg i read recently yeah, like yeah yeah smith Fucking gross So Spielberg's in your camp And George is like Okay Okay Uh, Indiana Jones And Spielberg's like Fuck yeah baby (laughs) And so I think you gotta be Ethan Jones now Okay. That's what I see. Then the book that I read insane. made it
1: sound like that was like this sarcastic interchange between the two of them where like George was like Indiana Smith and Spielberg was like Smith is kind of boring. Could you pick something more interesting? And he was like Jones, which is obviously like the second <laughs> yeah. most boring last name. And Spielberg was like, OK, all right, George, fine.
0: Uh, Listen, <laughs> maybe it's because we only know it to be Indiana Jones. But could you fucking think of a better name? Oh, no, it's, it's great. Perfect. Yeah, it's perfect. Yeah. Absolutely. you got it because indiana is such an unconventional first name you have to follow it up with a regular last name so you're talking about changing your last name you could change your first name ethan you could no, be montana see, smith you can be uh oklahoma smith oklahoma yeah, back, smith back to your roots uh, alaska okay. smith
1: okay mm. see i think yours is pretty good too like Griffin, sheridan that's good like i don't i couldn't <laughs> Like, I've never ran into, like, I haven't run into that many Griffins or Sheridans, uh, even mm. though I know Sheridan is fairly common. So, mm. like, like you're pretty set. Uh, but, mm-hmm. I, yeah, I think uh, Ethan I, S. Parker is pretty solid. And the only other middle in S initial that I know of is Stephen S. Tonight, the fucking guy that worked on Daredevil and shit. Uh, and I've always thought that sounded cool. So, yeah. yeah. I think it's good. You know, his last like name's it.
0: got Knight in it. Does yours, Ethan? No, that's, I mean, that's obviously a power move for sure. And you could. You could be Ethan S. Knight. Be, I'll just be Ethan S. Awesome. tonight. I'll
1: just take his whole back half. <laughs> just take his whole fucking name. Yeah.
0: <laughs> That'd be pretty dope. Sure. And yeah. I'll be Griffin Spielberg. <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah, Dude, yeah, yeah, Shit, yeah, yeah. Steve. I'll just <laughs> change my name to George Lucas
0: and you'll change yours to Steven Spielberg. No, come um, on. We know it's the other way around. You're right. We know it's the other way. Is.
1: It absolutely mm. is. Anyway, enough about that. Uh, that was the most self-indulgent 24 minutes of the, <laughs> the show that we've ever done. Uh, yes. But, you know, hopefully, yes.
0: I think the people here at that are listening give enough of a shit. If, uh, I, could, if so. I could say, I would say that those 25 minutes, more or less, are kind of like if If, like, if Jeff from Community had a podcast. Okay,
1: so let's get into it. (laughs) I was going to save this for the back part of the show. Guys, we have a new segment uh, that that, uh, didn't need to exist before because there wasn't any. But now we are in in a, a future in which Griffin and I receive hate mail, apparently. So this is our new hate mail segment. Uh, we, we, we really know we've made it cause we've received our first piece of hate mail in the form of an Apple podcast review. Um, so, uh, I, this will take I, me a second to open it up, but go ahead. I love it. It's my favorite review we've gotten. It's um, yeah. I mean, I fucking bet. <laughs> Griffin Griffin's sick of being the punching bag of the network, and, uh, and he's, th- he's thrilled <laughs> that I finally took one on the chin. Let's
0: fucking go! Uh, you
1: guys hear this shit? <laughs> if you look at our like Apple Podcast reviews, it's just so funny because they're all just gushingly positive. Like they're so kind. Like those are the people that care the most about us. Are the people that that go and do a little star review and whatever. Uh, mm-hmm. But then. And one motherfucker slipped in there and he left us a two stars he dropped down our Woof. average star rate brutal Woof. brutal mm-hmm. uh, and he really went after me <laughs> <laughs> as he uh, should you piece of shit he, he knows how thin my ego is He uh, so this is Sailor Mars 1799 two stars not worth your time uh, no. He says, if you like listening to Jeff from Community, then this is the podcast for you. I couldn't get through the first episode because of how pretentious Ethan is. Griffin seems great. <laughs> I am great.
0: I am great. But Thank Ethan, you, Sailor Moon, but, whatever but the Ethan name is. But Ethan
1: just talks like he thinks everyone is a moron and beneath him. <laughs> and listen, fair.
0: <laughs> fair assessment. <laughs>
1: I kind of do think everyone is a moron. <laughs> now, Griffin and I talked about this forever ago, and, like, I was fucking dying laughing. Uh, if we're going to get hate mail please do it in this way where it's, it's also kind of funny cause it really softens the blow. Uh, <laughs> uh I, I, <laughs> mm-hmm. mm-hmm. I, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, I, you know, it's a bummer that this guy didn't like the show, but it's also hilarious because I love Jeff from community. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> community is like my favorite fucking TV show. And I think Jeff is hilarious. even, although an asshole. Uh, mm-hmm. and so it's uh it's a fucking hilarious comparison to make. And like, also, it's a funny comparison because in that show, Jeff is supposed to be charming despite being an asshole. So it's kind of like a funny way to uh, to, to insult somebody. But yeah, I'm anyway, formal apology to everybody for how pretentious I am. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I certainly think that I, I've got uh, pretentiousness oozing out of some of my pores, but I'm 23.
0: What are you going to do about it? Um, what are you going to do? And me? I, I got nothing to add. I am. I am great. <laughs> oh. <laughs> it's it's so good too because
1: you take a lot of hits on these shows and a lot of them the premise is that you're potentially like a lot of the film school stuff and everything like that's mm-hmm. the premise of a lot of it so it's really funny to get like hit by my own shit it, it, but, but this review <laughs> uh real really deserved long time coming yeah what's the name uh, on it again was it sailor, sailor mars
0: 1799 mm-hmm. sailor mars sailor mars Uh, I mean, sorry that you're not you're not listening. (laughs) (laughs) But let it be known, appreciate it, man. Um, Hang in there, and I hope you're doing good.
1: Yeah, and everybody, if you're gonna leave a negative review, be like Sailor Mars and make sure it's constructive. You know, Mm -hmm. make sure Mm
0: -hmm. that we Mm -hmm. we know what
1: we can improve Mm -hmm.
0: on. (laughs) You have to have some sort of pop culture reference for me to really aptly figure out what you didn't like about the show. You got to compare us to whatever. TV movie characters that we resemble. Yeah, the most I feel for like it's you. like,
1: it's like, uh, if, like, like if somebody left a review and they were like, that Griffin, he just seems like such a douchebag. It's like, it's like, uh, do you want to listen to fucking Han Solo talk for an hour? It's like, well, yeah, I mean, like. <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. of course you do. <laughs>
1: <laughs> anyway, great stuff uh, So, uh, As
0: always, you know, you can We encourage everybody to like what you like And don't be a dick And we right. encourage everyone to dislike what you dislike And don't be a dick And I would say Sailor Mars walked the line perfectly oh, I don't feel it, like it was stunning. being a dick They were being a dick um, I, It feels I, like an honest opinion I appreciate it Yeah, of mm-hmm. course
1: that being said, I mean, fuck you. Like, I,
0: <laughs>
1: my, my ego is tissue paper thin, so that re- I,
0: haunted me for days. Um, moving I feel on. like it would make more sense if your ego was was very, very thick because you're super pretentious uh, uh, apparently. See,
1: I, I think most pretentious people are hiding the fact that they're very vulnerable about their insecurities. You know what I mean? Like the bluster is like the is is a sheen over like just a fucking open wound, just like a like like a, a really sensitive nerves. Yeah, but um, your ego
0: is any thought you put towards yourself, good or bad. I say. <laughs> Ethan's getting called the pretentious one I'm going to launch into a fucking talk Fucking, about your fucking ego. go in, go off kid. I got my fucking man bun and I'm drinking kombucha but you sir, fuck you <laughs> I can certainly, I, I certainly
1: think like, Sailor Mars listen, it sounds like an anime inspired nickname, there's not a lot we can it extrapolate is. from them Uh, but I would hope that they're older than us because Mm. I I do think that, like, two people older than us, I could
0: totally see why we come across as, like, total douches. (laughs) Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. (laughs) Because Um, there's hindsight. Like, we're going to get to an eight, we're going to get to fucking 30 and be like, oh, my fucking God. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) I can't listen. I mean, I'm already like that about things that I did last week. Like, (laughs) I'm I'm ashamed of
1: anything I ever said or did in the past. Um, Mm -hmm. So... Mm -hmm. Yeah, I love it. Thank you. Uh, everybody, leave some reviews. We've got a lot of nice prob- reviews. I don't I was think we say read all probably a, a few we'll, we'll, that we we'll catch up We'll catch up on red. some of our nicer stuff. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, anyway, moving on from the hate mail segment, uh, which I really hope comes back. Best segment. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's get into our main fucking topic here, uh, which is. A couple more movies that we watched. Did you want to Mm -hmm. hear about a couple more movies we watched?
0: (laughs) (laughs) Did you want to hear us
1: say that part was good? Yeah, this this is a little bit different, I guess, because this is kind of like the Safety Brothers episode. Like, even though the Safety Brothers, like Uncut Gems, was a huge hit and stuff, um, but a lot of people still hadn't seen that movie. Like, a lot of people I know in my life hadn't seen that movie. It was
0: the biggest release for A24, and that's like. Yeah. It's still just like okay, yeah. It was that's still a really tiny amount of
1: people. Yeah, I, th- this is one of those episodes where we get into like something that is like just a bit lesser known than like Star Wars per se. Uh, mm. But uh, because I love I love boosting shit that that people may not have heard of before, um, and I specifically love talking about when something really inspires me creatively, uh, which these two filmmakers have these writer directors who are also youngins themselves. Uh, how old are uh, these guys? Uh, uh, I can tell you their ages, but, uh, first I'll tell you their names. So these two guys that we're talking about Mm. are Aaron Moorhead and Justin Benson, two writer directors, um, who have only made a handful of movies. Uh, Justin is 38 years old. Aaron is 33. Um, so one is disgusting, like Ryan Stagman, because he's approaching yes. forty, uh, and yes. one is a cool young guy like us. Uh, yes, but uh, yeah, they they've made a handful of movies that particularly like have really hit home with me. Um, and so I've been trying to get Griffin to watch uh, two of them for a really long time. And it became the perfect time for that because they had uh, a bigger new movie come out with some bigger stars in it. Um, the, the majority of the movies that they've made have been kind of micro budget movies where the effects are very uh, conservative and uh, the actors are. You know, lesser known and whatever. But you may have heard, it's on Netflix right now. There's a new movie out, I think that came out last year called Synchronic, uh, which stars Anthony Mackie, Captain America himself, um, as well hmm. as that other guy that's from Fifty Shades of Grey. What's his fucking name? Uh, Chris- Christian Gray himself. Guy. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah.
0: Uh, yeah. It's so that it's Didn't got kind of two- Like, isn't it? It feels really fucked up that. Dakota Johnson's in those movies. She's a fantastic actress. If you she haven't is. seen Suspiria yet, you should see Suspiria. Yeah. And, you know, she's got to bear it all for those movies. But I don't remember seeing that dude's dong at all. <laughs> I didn't see the second or third one. But in why the even first do one, it there's if there's going to be no dong? I think that's just kind of fucked up. His name is Jamie
1: Dornan. What, did you just wimp out, Jamie? Where was the dong? <laughs> Where was the dong? Hashtag release the dong cut. Release the dong cut. <laughs> 50 oh, shades the next the one. Crack. Let's go. Let's go.
0: Can't <laughs> just to our just 50 like shades yesterday, episode. release the
1: Schumacher cut was trending, and who gives a fuck about that? Release the dong cut of Fifty release Shades of Grey. Release the gray. dong
0: cut. That said, Please. Schumacher cut would be cool. Good movies. <laughs> good movies um uh, yeah
1: so these two guys uh they, they got a bigger movie coming out and i saw that it was getting some buzz uh the big the big name actor- actors always help of course but what these guys do is they make really interesting sci-fi movies with really unique ideas and they and they they clearly got a love for lovecrafty shit just as you and i do um mm. and and the, their their sci-fi horror is very based in that kind of lovecraft idea of like the unexplainable beyond, which is also great for low budget, you know, sci-fi movies because you know you don't show you don't show as much, you imply a lot more. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, just to take a look at at uh, their filmography here. Okay, yeah. So the two movies that I was trying to get Griffin to watch though were not the newest one, Synchronic. I, I I had us go back uh, to their first movie, uh, which is called Resolution, and then their second, they uh, They're actually. Fourth movie, technically, th- they worked on VHS viral. They had one of the segments. Have you ever seen the VHS movies? Nope. Uh, probably don't. They're not. They're okay. a real mixed bag. the The whole idea <laughs> of the VHS movies, uh, uh, I've got a soft spot for them, but they're not very good. And there's like some really gross shit in there, just like like problematic wise. But uh, uh, the the like the idea of the first one say is like two people like break into this house and there's like a dead guy in it or whatever. And there's a million VHS tapes and they just start popping them into the TV and each one has something horrific on it. And so they get, it's like an anthology. They get all these different directors to do different horror shorts that are on these VHS tapes. Um, and these two guys did one of those for the third one, I believe it is VHS viral. And it was really cool. Um, and, and there are a couple of really worth it segments of VHS that like I suggest people go check out on YouTube. like Just look up whatever the best ones are. Um, but, yeah, as a whole, it's, 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 it's a little long. But, um, yeah, their segment of that was really cool. And then, uh, in, so there was the first movie, Resolution. They worked on VHS. They did a movie called Spring, which I did not have Griffin watch, but I'll get to that in a little bit. And then The Endless. So we took a look at Resolution and The Endless. And I will say here, before we get into any detail on it, I really, really highly recommend, at least for Resolution, I really recommend that everybody go check it out before hearing what I, what we have to say about it. Uh, and don't look up information or trailers or anything. Uh, the, the, these are both really good ones to go in blind on, I think. Um, and just, uh, yeah, just fucking go straight into Resolution, fucking rent it, watch it, uh, and enjoy. And I hope you really like it. But... If you have done that or you don't give a shit and you just want to hear what we have to say about it, um, here we go. So, Resolution and The Endless. These two movies, we'll just do full spoilers since I gave that whole warning. They end up being kind of a duology. They're very tied Mm. together, Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. which I I tried to be kind of misleading about to Griffin. I love Uh, a surprise sequel. Absolutely. M. Night Shyamalan, Unbreakable, and Split style. Mm. Um, Yes, sir. But uh, yeah, resolution, just to quickly kind of sum up the whole idea of that is a guy, uh, a guy, you know, finds out about his friend uh, from the past who is like super cracked out. He's like a total crackhead and he's just in this fucking burned out house just shooting at birds doing meth <laughs> uh, and uh, and he wants to go get his friend off of drugs. He wants to help him sober up and so he goes to this house and he fucking handcuffs his friend to the wall and he's like, I'm going to stay here with you for like, for, is it like a week? I think it's like a week until you fucking get through your withdrawals and I'll give you some water and a bucket to shit in and we're going to sit here and wait this out until you're feeling better. Uh, and then throughout the movie, they keep kind of like getting pulled into various horror movie scenarios, but none of them really bite uh, and then things get super meta and weird and strange. Uh, and then it kind of leads to just being kind of a statement about low-budget horror movies in general. Um, and Griffin, I, I don't want to talk a lot about this. I, I want to hear more about what you thought. I kind of got the, the, the gist of your opinion anyway. But yeah, t- l- give, like, let me know kind of what you thought about the way that it ends up since I didn't really get into the ending. And then let
0: me know what your thoughts were on it. So, the whole movie, more or less, is constantly sort of teasing you, teasing our main character with these strange sort of things that are going on. He's roaming around this sort of open canyon, spooky, like, folks are doing drugs in the hills sort of place in, like, southwest United States, um... And so the movie is going to constantly introducing these little things that might lead somewhere Uh, because a bulk of the movie is what's the main character's name? Is it Mike? Yeah, it's Mike. Fucking Mike. Mike. Mike, Fucking Mike. (laughs) (laughs) Mike's always going around and finding pieces of old media a lot yeah. of VHS yeah. tapes, a lot of mm-hmm. uh, maybe a floppy disk was in there at some point. Film strips, yeah, yeah, and all these all these pieces of media are showing him and his and his buddy, and it's like, ooh, how was well, spooky? Where's this all heading? Yeah, yeah. and uh, by the end of the movie, none of them have gone anywhere, right. and instead, uh, we end up at a sequence that involves them burning down the home because Mike's got some sort of suspicions about how this is all working Um, oh
1: well the the guys the the, the drug the drug oh not even the drug dudes the guy that owns the property that wanted them out comes
0: and burns down the house yeah he says fuck it fuck it yeah whatever
1: Oh, also, there was a mental patient that escaped from an asylum. That was another thing that didn't actually go anywhere. They're like, oh, yeah, by the way, anywhere. we're down the road from a fucking asylum where people are always wandering out. All these yes, setups yes, that yes. go nowhere. All yeah. these
0: setups that go nowhere. And so by the end of the movie, you're wondering, what are we doing? What is the movie? And this this final moment, this final scene involves Mike and Chris. They're staring at this burning house. Which, like, clearly, the, the something is, we've reached a climax. There's a burning, the house is fucked, and they're out of it, and the guns in the basement are going off, and it's fucking insane. And it's the closest thing we've gotten to really anything besides Mike walking around. Mm-hmm. That's the closest thing we've come to something happening in the whole mm-hmm. movie, pretty much, since the start. Mm-hmm. And there's this moment at the very end of the film where the camera is suddenly lifted up off the ground Mm -hmm. and hovers over Mike and Chris. And Mike looks up into the camera and says, can we try it another way? Can we do it another way? Yeah. And the film ends. Now, listen, I am a sucker for playing with the form and playing with the, uh, the the camera as an actor in the story, not an actor in terms of like a person playing a person, but like an actor. As in, they have a the camera, the audience has a role to play in the story because of the way that the camera is moving and the way that the actual characters in the film are interacting with yep. it um that's awesome and so the implication at the end of the film as you uh, so gratefully told me at the uh, at the end mm-hmm. of course is all these setups all these setups from like horror film tropes and everything right they get no resolution. Title of the movie. Right. There's no. They don't go anywhere, and that is frustrating. And the, the camera, as it comes up and hovers, as this this sort of creature, because it does make a sort of noise, and there's like a, a sort does, of sheen. Yeah. like an angry sound. Well. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. And and so it's angry, and so that's supposed to be the audience rising from the seats in anger because nothing went anywhere, and mm-hmm. I like that idea a lot. Demanding what Somebody needs to die This is a horror movie
1: Right Yes 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 And and they're trying to have Their happy ending And it's fucking like
0: No something. You were supposed to get killed By somebody from an asylum Or some shit Yes I like that idea on paper Quite a bit I would say The crucial thing missing From this film Besides the fact That I really don't care For the performance From the guy playing Mike Chris Mm -hmm. is fucking fantastic I think he's
1: fine But okay
0: Mike I think (laughs) Is charisma vacuum and not mm. that you really need a charismatic guy in this role he is kind of just supposed to be dude but like mm-hmm. every line this dude delivered felt the exact same all right um, all right very flat i will say he's out nothing there working could, isn't he not i yeah good for him he, he seemed <laughs> like he, he seemed like he had nice guy sort of dad yes. vibes to him i got Except nothing that against the man like, I personally fat
1: girl from our high school and it was really weird and mean-spirited
0: Ugh, come on man yeah. um uh, I like the idea on paper a lot. So, besides the fact that I wasn't totally involved with the main performance that was also mm-hmm. part of it, the idea of all these setups that go nowhere is intriguing. However, I feel like I would have been much more in line with this reaction that the movie is sort of guessing it has evoked um, if any of those setups were particularly interesting Mm. instead every single one in the movie is kind of like a is, is, this a, is this a setup? It doesn't seem like there's much going on, especially because a lot of the setups end up kind of hitting the same note. Mm-hmm. Uh, they find a spooky piece of media. It involves seeing them somehow um, because the camera is creating this, like, you know, the, the, the creature, yeah. you know, is a camera, more or less. And, um, and so, I don't know, by the time I got to the end of the movie... They had played that note so many times that it wasn't that I was upset that it didn't go anywhere. It was I was upset that nothing particularly interesting had even been teased, let alone happen. Uh, But I I, I really admire the idea, especially like, you know, the commentary on it about the audience is still interesting. And I appreciate that quite a bit. And so I knew that these guys had something in them uh, as directors And I admired it nonetheless um, For taking that approach And I thought um, The idea of like spooky Like people doing drugs in the hills thing Like Mm. that is kind of that is There's something there Because yeah you give fuck some sort of breaking bad shit Where they go to like the tweakers house and stuff Like fuck that's spooky Because that's very real Um, That was one of the setups
1: that we hear Because they start like hearing potential futures And like when they Mm -hmm. like they, like, get, like, an audio thing. I think it was the CD in the car or whatever. And, like, they hear themselves get killed by the drug peop- the drug runners that Chris owes money to and mm-hmm. stuff. And so, like, they're trying to figure their happy way out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's interesting that it didn't land particularly well for you. Because uh, to me, I was interested for, for all of the setup. And, like, I was interested in a lot of the potential horror movie, like, routes that it started to try to take. And, like, mm-hmm. to me, like, I think it's really fun because they're all tropes all the way down to Mm -hmm. the old media. Like if you've watched like sinister or whatever, like it's become such fucking well-tread ground for there to be like a projector with old film strips or like, yeah, Mm -hmm. like, like it's, it's just all that shit. Um, and, and so this movie like kind of like throws everything in the kitchen sink in as far as low budget horror goes. Um, and, and I just think it's really cool to do that, to hit all of those notes and then try to do something like more interesting around it. Like even if it's Mm -hmm. just right at the end. Um, and, uh, I think that's really exciting and I find I found the interplay between the two leads really entertaining. I think they have a fun dynamic uh, particularly yeah like like Mike is Mike is the straight man for sure and he's like the straightest straight man that ever straight manned, but Chris mm-hmm. is like very, quite funny and entertaining. Uh, I agree. And so I enjoy them <laughs> stumbling through all of this shit and then mm-hmm. just getting to this insane weird meta ending and the movie gets meta Right in the middle in ways that I thought were really fascinating as well. There, there are moments that I really like where there's a moment where um, Mike is, like, feeling like he's being watched. And so he's out in the road and he, like, turns around and he, like, takes a photo with his camera, like, facing us, the audience and then the camera cuts behind him and obviously he's looking at nothing and he's looking at his phone and he's captured nothing. And there's like a moment in like a pawn shop where he's like looking at a mirror and he's feeling like the camera is on him. And Mm -hmm. then that all kind of culminates in him meeting the French fucking explorer guy or whatever that's in his RV and the French explorer guy is like he smokes this red flower which comes up again in the endless uh, which kind of allows him to potentially kind of see beyond in certain ways and he's Mm -hmm. explaining you know he like talks about stories and things having a beginning middle and end and as he's saying beginning middle and end he's got this mirror and he's like angling it and there's a really fucking fascinating bit when he angles it at the camera In a way Mm -hmm. where we're looking at Mike's face, and Mike would not be seeing anything, but he's angling it at the camera because he knows we're there. Um, And so the movie kind of establishes the audience's presence, and then at the end, the audience becomes this monster demanding a more interesting finale. I just think, like, I think that's like crazy ambitious for a movie that's like no fucking budget. Like, I just think it's such a cool thing uh, that I had never seen
0: before. Um, and so it really I cemented me as uh, fans of these guys. I don't know if I would use ambitious as the word. I think creative is a is is a better word because ambitious, I feel like, implies like it was like a risk to go for it. But like it's mm-hmm. no budget, so like they had to come up with something. Well, I think it's ambitious to try to represent such a crazy
1: idea in a movie that you know will be so low budget, and
0: like, 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 I think I, I would say it would be more ambitious if this was a Hollywood release because it takes fucking balls to say I know we know there's going to be a fuck ton of people going to see this. Like, if this was Sinister Two or fucking Mm -hmm. Conjuring Three that just came out or whatever the fuck, and this was the route they took that would be so much more, I would say, ambitious because there is a huge audience that is actually, yeah, would would have that reaction that they are anticipating in the, the finale of the movie. Whereas an indie low-budget thing like this... I appreciate it a lot more because you they know the parameters they're working in the budget they have and so they come up with something creative and more interesting than uh, you know doing cutaways from some sort of monster or mm-hmm. doing a cheap ghillie suit or whatever the fuck or bad CG um, you know I would say that's that's more creative but we could just be using different words that mean the same thing Uh, honestly but but
1: they like yeah i was cemented as fans of theirs because i'm like wow these guys like have fucking ideas and they carry them Mm. through and they're cool like sci-fi weird quasi horror ideas that i find really exciting and so that movie has stuck with me for years Mm. and and i didn't i've never really known anybody else that was aware of it. Um, and so big fucking Stan of that movie. Uh, and then they did, they, like I said, they worked on VHS viral and then they did a movie called spring, which, mm-hmm. uh, Griff, I recommend that you see. I wasn't going to make you watch it for this. I recommend you check it out, and I highly recommend that everybody else checks it out. Um, they des- they described that one as a Lovecraft uh, love story, uh, which it very much is. It's like, if you don't mind a slight spoiler about the setup, the idea is a guy falling in love with a woman who may actually be a Lovecraft creature. Uh, nice. Anyway, the next movie that I had us watch was The Endless, um, which... Uh, there's a, one of the setups that goes nowhere in the resolution is they run into these three dudes that are clearly very strange religious guys in uniforms that are clearly part of like a strange kind of cult. Um, and two of those guys are the writer directors, Aaron Moorhead and Justin Benson, and they introduce themselves as such as Aaron and Justin. Um, and uh, and then the endless, as it turns out. Are about the is about those two guys. Um, they, so just the directors going by their real names in the movie, playing these two guys that were formerly in this UFO death cult, um, mm-hmm. and uh, and they they go back and visit it again when they find out that the they made the 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 cult members that they kind of considered family at one point may be considering uh, may be committing suicide as part of a ritual, um, and uh, and yeah, it does end up being this kind of in-universe sequel to Resolution so so far that they they come across the characters from Resolution uh, uh, who are stuck in a time loop of their own. Um, So, yeah, give me your impression of this one, because this one we talked less about, I think. Uh, You've had time to marinate.
0: Yes, so uh, I will say... I had watched this movie, I was coming off of um, a couple of days where I was going through and listening to um, a Supple Suggestion coming in hot. The Last Podcast on the Left uh, is a great show that you can find specifically Mm -hmm. on Spotify from the Last Podcast Network. Those guys do their research really well and they somehow managed to make incredibly upsetting shit quite fun and enjoyable (laughs) and funny to listen to. Um, whenever I hear their show or, and, and shows like that, it's so tight. Like there's, there is clearly elements that are scripted because they have to, because there's information that they don't want to fuck up. Um, but between that and the super tight editing, I'm like, wow, our podcast probably sounds like dog shit compared to this. And then I'll <laughs> listen to some other podcasts. I'm like, never <laughs> fucking mind. We are gods. This podcast fucking blows. Yeah. Um, yeah. Because that's just the fucking market. Because there's well, so right there in that mid-tier them. podcast quality. <laughs> anyway, I had just finished listening to last podcast on the left's five-part series on Jonestown. So I was in mm. a culty mood. Um, yes. Fun fact: I did not know about Jonestown until mm, a couple of years ago. Uh, I don't know I much about I, it either. I had found out about it watching uh, that Netflix show Explained uh, from mm, Vox. Yeah. And they did an episode on cults, and Jonestown was kind of at the center of it. And it was the first time I'd even, like, heard about it. I didn't know that the don't drink the Kool Aid phrase is is linked to that. Right. Um, I'd known that it was, like, from a cult, uh, but I didn't really know any of the details. And then I got yeah. all the details on Jonestown watching that episode, and I was fucked for a couple of days. I was mm-hmm. that shit is so bad. It's so upsetting. I can't I recently fucking... heard a small piece of information about that I won't even bring up here
1: because it's that upsetting, yeah. It's fucked. Yeah.
0: And I one couldn't believe I'd gone so long of like 22 years without fucking hearing about it. Um but also holy shit, just like mm-hmm. it's just one of those things where you're like, "Whoa." Man, people suck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, and so, I was in a really fucking bad mood for like a a, a week at least. I was yeah. down. Uh, that said, uh, you know, the finally was able to stomach the the five part episodes of culty mood going into the endless. Yeah. So when they introduced the UFO death cult, I'm like, that sounds exciting. I will say, yeah. I will say, I was a little let down. Because I was excited for, like, UFOs happening at some point. Nope. Or, like, I don't know, UFO death cult just sounded really fucking cool. Uh-huh. <laughs> but uh-huh. we don't really get too into it. Um, nope. But also, coming off of that and, like, being in the sort of mindset of thinking about cults, I appreciated, um, like, the sort of premise of, like, this this horror movie being about, like, kind of going back to going they go back to the cult that's kind of the whole premise is that um the one character is like man we've been out of the cult for like 10 years and i fucking miss it and this all sucks because we just clean apartments all day and life was so much better there because we ate and we had friends and we had no real worries uh and the other guy who has his head on straight is like you're fucking stupid because it's a ufo death cult Mm -hmm. um But they do end up going back, and I think that's an excellent premise for a horror film because of the sort of personal shit that can come up there. And then they start digging into these weird, like, time loops and stuff. Mm -hmm. And I kind of like that as a way of saying, like, you know, these things kind of keep coming up for you, and sometimes, like, you just get trapped. And We were just talking about it at the top of the episode getting trapped in a routine or getting trapped in a way of life or with people that you don't actually like. Um, things that are bad for you, you just get stuck in them and they just keep repeating themselves because they're just perpetual like that. Yes. So I, I appreciated that. I liked that. There was some spooky elements. There were some tense yes. scenes yes. Uh, involving ropes. Uh, yeah. and I love, there's a visual in the film of two moons and a third one looming uh, over it, and I I just love the moon so much, so anytime there's moons that look beautiful... You're a a real moon stan. I am a real moon stan. Me and the moon, uh, we've had a couple of nights together. It's a great fucking Mm. time. Um, Yeah, she's the best. She's the best Luna, (laughs) Uh, God damn it. Um, And so, uh, immediately, I don't know, I was much more into... The Endless, I think just because, like I was saying, with uh, with Resolution, it just didn't hook me at any point, whereas The yep. Endless, I was kind of inherently more interested in it just from the jump. Um, Interesting. And I think the performances are, are still fine. They're, they're indie horror movie performances, and like you said, these yeah. are the directors that are in the lead roles, and so they're directors first and foremost, clearly. Um, yeah. But yeah, they did a good job, and there's a, a couple of other actors in there, including um, what's the girl's name? She's in, I feel like she's in shit. I definitely have seen that yeah, girl before. Yeah, I think before. you're right. I'm not sure, though. Yeah, I don't remember her, her character's name or her name. But right. I no, I've seen her face before. For sure. Um, so there's... there's Turns out the cult is in this same desert landscape uh, that the events of Resolution take place that's in, right. and uh, they are in these, like, pockets of time loops, essentially, right. if, if I, like, the, the lore was, was given in such a way that, like, clearly they didn't want to, like, beat you over the head with it, I feel like, but also there were times where I felt like it was just a little ill-defined, and I don't know if that's just because I, like, you know, ADHD just stopped, like, kind of zoned out for a sec or whatever, but... Mm-hmm. There's points where I was not 100% sure what the deal was, um, but I got the gist of you're here and you're stuck in this time loop here and then you go and you can get out of it. I wasn't sure if only specific people could get out of it or not. Um, again, I don't know if that detail is given in the movie or I'm just a fucking idiot. Yeah, it's, it's quite it's quite vague. But, okay. like, yeah,
1: it's more shown. Like, we see the mm-hmm. pockets of the time loops. We see the time loops happening. And mm-hmm. we're aware of when there's going to be resets um, and mm-hmm. stuff. But, yeah, they're, they're, they don't give you a lot of hard and fast rules.
0: Which is fine. Um, yeah. Overall, it didn't really affect my, my thoughts on it. But... At the heart of the story, really, is this conflict between... They're brothers, correct? They are brothers, yeah. Yeah, between the two brothers, the two main characters, there's this conflict of... You know, the older brother kind of feeling like he has to take control and he's got to like save his younger brother and the younger brother having a sort of complex about that, about not being able to make choices for himself or to really be able to do anything um, that is out of control of of his older brother Um, or to even to to say to like repay his older brother for getting him out of the cult or or something like that. And that Mm -hmm. relationship is at the core of the movie. And I appreciated that, and I liked that quite a bit. And yes. that it was, again, some just something there for me to latch onto and, and invest myself in that I feel like was sure. missing from resolution. Uh, as much as I like the dynamic between Mike and Chris in that movie, it's mostly mm-hmm. I like the comedic beats that come out of it, less so mm-hmm. the emotional thing. Um, just because it's just less involved in yeah. what I thought would clearly be of sort of more interesting thing of like the horror that comes with the withdrawal stuff, which is more or less evil dead 2013, which is fucking awesome. (laughs) And we've talked about it it on the show before and yeah, that's a great horror movie. That's sort of a metaphor for withdrawal and it's great. Um, But yeah, endless uh, just had a a more intriguing premise, a more intriguing emotional core to it. um, And uh, just generally more, tension in the movie and I like the sort of ticking clock of seeing the fucking moon show cuz we know we're waiting for this yeah. third moon to come up because that's when they're going to fucking kill themselves. Yes. And it you don't even really think the movie is about like trying to save these people it's just that these two dudes get out before that happens and right. uh and that was that was pretty good and there's uh, a couple of really great moments utilizing these time loops including like a dude from like the 1800s or something yeah, that's like yeah, stuck yeah. in his tent still up in yeah. these hills and and then of, of course yes there's a moment where one of the brothers wanders off and ends up in Resolution, more or less, and runs into uh, Mike and Chris, and they kind of give him some parting words because, evidently, Mike and Chris have been... They're still fucking trapped in the loop. Also, Mike's wife is at this, like, cult camp, and she's been looking for him, and that was a neat little thing, and, like, tie it all together. Um, It made me appreciate Resolution a little bit more in hindsight, seeing seeing the two together. Mm
1: -hmm. I like that
0: because then suddenly there was, like, a little... A little tiny world that they had developed in like right. lore that they had developed, and it in.
1: expands the 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 lore of the concept of resolution too because mm-hmm. the like i was talking about the the resolution thing of the creature being the audience but this kind of makes it bigger where it is some some kind of unseen cosmic entity that mm-hmm. is trapping these people in these po- story pockets where they just have to keep acting out scenarios and whatever and yeah. um and the idea that that's kind of this malevolent presence is really interesting and then seeing it, seeing beyond that time loop for Mike and Chris from Resolution where like they burn the house down and with themselves in it cuz they're just like fuck it and then like as the house is burning and it's more and more intense it just resets and it's the start of resolution again and he's like mm-hmm. mike and it's like it's just the start of the movie again cuz they're just acting mm-hmm. it out again um, mm-hmm. and like the, and and chris literally uh, or mike even literally says to chris like <laughs> if i have to hear you do the start again where you go fucking mike i get, like like <laughs> i'm going to kill myself mm-hmm. um, and like it, it's it it it, does, it just like it adds more it fleshes the idea of that first movie out More in really interesting ways And it's cool to see kind of Beyond those
0: parameters of that movie What's going on there Totally um, Yeah, yeah. Um, And I, I had mentioned with uh, resolution, you know, because they had such a low budget, it was bet like the idea that they end up going with is better than them like trying to force some fucking VFX or something. That yeah. said, the the endless ends up having a little bit of a VFX budget, it does. and you know what? They use it so fucking well. I thought the VFX Agreed. looked fucking great for what this is. It's a good looking movie. Indie yeah. Horror movie, um, mm-hmm. fantastic stuff. I don't know if they. I don't know what sort of uh, how much they ended up getting, or if they just had someone that just really fucking knew After Effects or whatever. Apparently,
1: it's still quite low. I couldn't find an exact number on it, but this and resolution were both considered micro-budget movies. So yeah, uh, and
0: it makes sense considering that the locations in these films are like nothing. Like oh yeah, oh they had yeah. To, like didn't even have to fucking worry about that. I'm sure yeah. this one certainly um,
1: feels bigger, not even just because of the effects, but because there's so many more people in it. Like and the, yeah, like it just totally. it does
0: feel like a bigger movie. Yeah, um, and yeah, and so uh, contrary to, of course, resolution. Leaving the like the whole point of resolution being to get upset at the ending. I mm-hmm. was I I was really gratified by the end of the movie. I, I yeah. was happy to see the, like what ends up happening. Of course, is that the brothers do end up coming to terms with like mm-hmm. the situation. Particularly, the younger brother has to sort of come to terms with the fact that this is fucked. The cult is mm-hmm. fucked, and. Um, but also kind the, of a nice little brother. simple
1: resolution between the two of them where he's just like, all right, fucking stay at the camp, like stay at the camp if that's what you're going to do. And then he's yeah. like, all right, cool, let's go. I just needed to hear you respect my choice. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's kind of nice. Yeah. And, and
0: then it comes down even to a, just an, another like simple thing of like never letting him fucking drive. And of right. course, right. he lets him drive at the end and they make it out and they escape yes. this big twirly rock vortex yeah. thing that I thought looked yeah. pretty cool. Um, cool. Yeah. So just just between all those things, and um, the effect
1: of the birds hitting the barrier that they're trying to drive out through was really cool. Yeah,
0: Yeah, I was I was surprised, and um, yeah, like the weird like shimmer effect and like the mirroring effect in the whole movie. Um, I was I will I will say I definitely enjoyed the endless more than resolution that's i don't want to like shit on resolution uh or anything like that especially since it seems like it's part of the the premise for the point for the directors is to be unsettled or be unsatisfied with the movie or whatever so kudos your little your little fucking scapegoat there is (laughs) is it's okay you didn't like the movie because that's the point Um, (laughs) I've, I've said it once, I'll say it a thousand times, though, it doesn't matter what the directors think. You have your own view, and that's the director's view of And you're own free to work. hold
1: your wrong view.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's exactly it. The bit and with the rope in the shadow is so spooky.
1: Um,
0: it is spooky. There's some um, cool kind of subtle sure visual what the stuff that's is very going strange.
1: On. <laughs> I don't know either. It's just weird. There's just some weird shit going on in that cult. Uh, a lot of weird smiley people and... Uh, but maybe the cult wasn't as bad as it seemed like because there were like conflicting reports about what exactly was going on within it. Um, just a fucking yeah, interesting movie. And like, and to me, these are just like, I, 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 you, I guess you don't think they're ambitious, but to me, they're some of the most ambitious, interesting indie horror movies that I've ever seen. And like, I because I've never seen anything like them. And and you don't cosmic horror you just don't really see in movies because it is difficult to do and it is uh it is difficult to turn into a a film rather than like a short story say or or something like that and so i love that they're fucking going for it and that these two movies are connected in very interesting ways and have very interesting things to try and say um yeah i just i think they're fucking dope and and these guys are very inspirational to me because they're just doing this original stuff that is that is that mm-hmm. is so unique and the new movie synchronic uh I, I won't tell you anything that's that's outside of the trailer but like uh it's got anthony mackie and jamie dornan and they're these emts that keep arriving to pretty horrendous scenes of death uh that seem to have Maybe some sort of metaphysical something going on that has to do with this pill, this pill that's called Synchronic. Uh, And let me tell you, it's just more of their shit. They have their genre they work in, and it's fucking cool, and I love it. Uh, And I just think these guys are awesome, and I think that they're they're just moving on up. And I'm very excited to see anything that they have to do. Um, And I really recommend everybody go check that stuff out. Um, They want their own cinematic universe they do well they've respect, done it um, and uh yeah absolutely synchronic listen and to to be totally honest synchronic um, i wasn't the hugest fan of i think it does a lot of really cool stuff particularly the first half i love um and the, the second half i wasn't in love with but still again really cool and aims to do some really crazy shit so um if you're interested in what we've been talking about and for some reason you've been listening without uh, having seen this stuff first Check it out and support these guys because I think that they're just they're fucking they're out there they're shaking their dicks they're doing cool stuff you know what I mean Mm. Uh, you got that's what
0: you got to (laughs) do that's what we're doing (laughs) Mm -hmm. shaking our dicks and doing interesting stuff that's right every day every day totally Mm -hmm. Um,
1: so yeah that's these movies that's these two guys I I think they're
0: dope I'll end it to say yes you try to get me to watch these movies for ages and and while I wasn't a huge fan of 50% of them Um, I will say I don't consider them time wasted at all, I'm very happy I finally saw them and I'm happy that we're doing this and chatting with the folks and exposing them to them because I agree at the end of the day, two interesting films by a couple of filmmakers that I think have a lot of of potential.
1: Absolutely Alright, awesome. Well, that's that discussion and this is a musical interlude fading up behind my voice right now let I know, I know, I know. The Supple Boys have repeated an artist in our musical interludes already. It was bound to happen. And listen, if you've ever heard me talk for more than 10 consecutive seconds, you know that my favorite band slash musician is Mags. And Mags is popping off right now with a bunch of singles off of an upcoming album that comes out on August 13th. And if you go to elliottmags.com, you can pre order a really cool vinyl and some merch and stuff off of that. And I will champion Mags until the day that I fucking die. Um, I'm really excited for it, and all the singles that have come out so far off of it have been fantastic, um, including Choked Out. And this one that you just heard is called Beg, and it's the best. Uh, So, yeah, make sure you check that stuff out. Go support Mags. Thanks, everybody. We're back. That probably wasn't James Brown's Drive Your Funky Soul. It was probably something else, but... You know, we can dream about doing that every single episode forever. Uh, we're, we're now in Supple Suggestions. Uh, and uh, before, I, before I throw to you, speaking of musical interludes, regular Chris, who's on Twitter at for Disgrace, tweeted me a song today. Uh, based on what he has synthesized as my taste from our Supple Suggestions musical (laughs) interludes. Uh, And fuck, if he didn't nail it, I really like the song. Uh, It's uh, Boomer by Bartiz Strange. Uh, Fucking really great song, and I really appreciate that recommendation. if anybody else has music recommendations, please throw them in. Send us some music. Griffin, do you have any Supple Suggestions?
0: Send us some music or listen to all the stuff that we love listening to on our Supple Boy Jams playlist. Available on Spotify. We have Um, one of those. Wow, we do. Uh, Apple Music, folks, hang hang in there a little longer. I don't know. I don't know. I don't have Apple Music. That's a whole thing I got to do. We'll see. We'll see. I so far only one person has ever asked me, and you know why? It's because Spotify is infinitely better than Apple Music. I will always have this stance. I've tried Apple Music. I used to have Apple Music. I had it for like a year, year and a half. And it, it was coming off of the back of the fact that I just had a whole talk about this with my fucking roommate who had the exact same experience, which was I didn't have a smartphone for the longest time so I had to dual pocket it. My, my little flip phone in one pocket and my iPod in the other. What a and so, nerd. <laughs> and so I had mastered iTunes and the whole Apple ecosystem and, and doing my music through Apple and I stuck with that until like my freshman year of college. And then Apple Music, they were like you get a student discount. And I was like, "Oh fuck, yeah. Now I got un now I'm I have unlimited power in my That's iTunes right. library." And for a little bit that was nice. And then and then I tried Spotify and I was like, "Oh, well this is oh, well this is so much better." You know why? Yes. It's because Apple Music is so much fucking worse at exposing me to new shit. Spotify has that great homepage that's like, here's all the shit you've been listening to. Here's a couple of like uh, playlists that we've curated. That's mostly all the shit you've been listening to. But, you know, a couple of new things in there. Here's new releases for you. And then at the bottom is kind of like explore this shit. The Spotify playlists are so much better than the Apple Music playlists. Uh, And so I just realized that I wasn't listening to new stuff through apple music and then i tried spotify for a couple of months with their get three months for like 99 cents deal or whatever it was and i was like oh my uh, my library has expanded immensely because it's just so much more conducive to it yeah check out the playlist what the fuck are we talking about (laughs) Uh, suggestions yeah i have a music suggestion um while we're on the topic uh you know Uh, I got a good relationship with my dad, so you know that means that I love some classic rock. Uh, Chief among them, of course, Led Zeppelin. Probably my favorite group from them. I mean, I know it's an easy pick, uh, but who fucking doesn't love a little Robert Plant screaming his fucking lungs out and having a good time? Greta Van Fleet is, of course, a a group that I enjoy Uh, quite a bit right now. They got a um, new album. They do. It's like they're second and a half slash third it kind of fucking depends on how you count the other two um but battle at gardens gate uh dropped between episodes here and it's another stellar release from Greta Van Fleet um of course I brought up Led Zeppelin because there's often the comparison between um the the lead singer Greta Van Fleet's I'm sorry I don't know his name um his vocal style I think it's Greta Oh, Van Fleet, cool. Mm -hmm. Um, They are from Michigan, by the way. They are from, I believe, Frankenmuth, Michigan. Frankenmuth, fun little weird town in the center of Michigan that's now just a tourist trap, but it's fine. They're from Michigan, so represent... oftentimes that lead singer's vocals are compared to robert plant i actually okay. recently read an interview where he was like i didn't even fucking hear led zeppelin until high school because we were like kind of sheltered and i was like interesting that is interesting because there are points where i'm like yep yeah, that is you're really emulating that but uh on battle at gardens gate i feel like the group really comes into their own sound a little bit more um I think just generally a lot of the tracks are a bit more interesting. The Barbarians has a great little fucking distorted fucking jam right at the start. It's so fucking good. (laughs) And Mm -hmm. Trip Trip the Light Fantastic is also another great track that's got just a fucking killer guitar riff throughout it. Um, And... Uh, yeah so I, I don't know what else to say other than I highly recommend if you're into some uh, some rock vibes that's a bit more in the vein of like classic 60s 70s stuff um, Greta Van Fleet's Battle at Garden's Gate did not disappoint I'm oh, uh, very happy that that's out there been in my rotation for the past few weeks now highly awesome. recommend slash suggest awesome. suppley what do you very got? nice
1: um, Well, my stuff is such a mess now that like I just I just buzz through like mediums. But as far as TV shows go, still watching My Hero Academia. I love it. Mm-hmm, I'm almost done mm-hmm. with season three of that. Uh, mm-hmm. I finished Jujutsu Kaisen. I don't know if I mentioned that last time. I love it. Didn't the you? movie comes out in December, at least in Japan. Can't wait for that. I'm almost done with Demon Slayer. Demon Slayer is really good. After that, I'm starting Attack on Titan. Uh, that's pretty good. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm uh, I'm almost done. I, tomorrow I'm watching the 90 minute finale of Avatar: The Last Airbender, uh, which we're gonna get up on here and talk about in a little bit more detail. Because I'm gonna watch that, and then I'm watching live action Last Airbender. Uh, <laughs>
0: oh, dude,
1: yeah. how hype is the fucking Fire Nation theme? I love it. Oh, dude. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah, it's <laughs> fucking cool. Um, yeah, I but. I mean, needless to say, that show is fucking sick. But we're going to talk about it a little bit probably next time. Um, watched all those shows. Watching, I'm watching Twin Peaks right now. Um, and I'm almost done with Sweet Tooth. Uh, Twin Peaks is, is awesome. Sweet Tooth is
0: pretty good. Um, we well, were but talking main... about this. You're You're diving into David Lynch for the first time.
1: Yes, I, I think that we should do a full-on David Lynch episode because I watched Mulholland Drive, and that's a masterpiece. Mm. And then mm. Twin Peaks I'm, I'm also loving. So I, I would really love to do a deep dive into David Lynch. Uh, but the main show that I want to recommend, because uh, after Fargo I jumped into Mr. Robot, which I never finished. Ah. But I always loved it, but I hadn't seen the last two seasons, and it just ended in 2020. Um, have you ever seen Mr. Robot?
0: No, but I like Rami Malek's weird face.
1: Yeah, Rami Malek is fantastic, and he's won, he won the Emmy for Mister Robot. Let me just say, Mister Robot is probably the only show that puts up any kind of fight as far as my favorite drama series against Breaking wow. Bad. What? Wow. Um, uh, I I
0: it's. You you really should watch it, even though you want. I've had you should. it recommended to me a few times. I won't, but I've had it recommended to me a few times, It so is that's enough for me to one of my understand. favorite
1: pieces of writing that mm-hmm. I've encountered. I think it's so good and crazy and strange, uh, and it just never stops twisting and being more and more insane. Because uh, it's like, all right, Rami Malek's a vigilante hacker. And it's like, that's cool. And then at the end of the first season, it goes, that's not really what this show is about at all. And then it just keeps getting more and more insane. Uh, I love that show a lot. And I thought the ending was fantastic. So that's some Fuck shows. Yeah.
0: What's your next one? Talking about shows, had a new one start on Disney+. Last week, Loki began... And I watched the second episode last night. Have you watched it yet? No, I'm watching it tonight. Fuck! Okay, well, uh, obviously we'll get into it more probably once it all wraps up and we can talk about it as a whole, as we have been doing with the uh, uh, Disney Plus Marvel shows. Um, I will say, Loki was always the one I was most hyped for, um... If WandaVision's trailers had been a bit a bit more interesting, uh, WandaVision's premise was always super cool to me. Um, Are you and a I Loki stan for that? Yeah, yeah, I'm a Loki stan, and um, <laughs> and ba- just based on that first trailer, Loki was the one I was most anticipating. And um, let me tell you, it has not really disappointed at all. Because uh, I will say the the first episode isn't like it didn't like fucking blow my mind or anything, but like I thought just it was so, fantastic. I agree. I thought it was really, really good. I love everything about the TVA, like, down to the uh, the design of everything that's like the, you know, the retro tech, future stuff. That's fucking awesome. Oh, spoilers a little bit for, for Loki. Um, yep. uh, the, like, whole, like, city that uh, the TVA has or whatever that is kind of, yeah. it gives off more, like, Coruscant vibes than it does any MCU vibes at all. The yeah, first thing yeah, that yeah, I yeah. thought of was like that feels more like Star Wars than MCU for sure. Uh, so that was super refreshing. Uh Owen Wilson is the fucking best. I love Owen Wilson so much and I can't believe he's in this show just running up alongside Tom Hiddleston's Loki who of course is fantastic. Um and it's 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 awesome, and of course the beat that you know involves a, a drawer full of MacGuffins um, that we may or may not have seen in previous films uh, that ends up just blowing the fucking that doors so open good, and yeah. like fucking shrinking the twenty three movies that we have that had so before good. this uh, in terms of like cosmic scale is so awesome and super exciting considering. There have been 23 movies that were on a huge cosmic scale, and they are somehow finding ways, because Feige's a genius, uh, to top it. And that has only made me so fucking excited for what uh, is in store for Phase 4 and and beyond, and I'm feeling refreshed from our, you know, Black Widow is coming out in a few weeks. That will be our return to theatrical releases for Marvel Studios after a a two-year break. That's insane. I mean, it isn't, <laughs> but it is for, yeah. for considering that we used to fucking get them, you know, every week, pretty much. I'm uh, very excited. Uh, I'm very excited. I actually just bought my tickets yesterday for Black Widow for my Dolby... Cinema experience On mm. the evening of July 8th I am very excited Of course uh, Especially because Scarlett Johansson and Florence Pugh And Rachel Weisz and uh, David Harbour Are magnificent talents And I'm excited to yep. see what this director it's getting does Getting a lot of buzz
1: right now Getting a lot of praise from the, the reviews go, that came out
0: today Let's go
1: yeah. I'm very also, excited uh, The first new movie that I've seen in theaters uh, I just saw uh, like like last week Because I went to see a private screening of Clue on my birthday, which was really fun. But the Mm -hmm. first new movie I've seen in theaters was Quiet Place 2, which Mm. that
0: was really good. I liked that a lot. And I think next week we're going to go see In the
1: Heights, which I'm very excited
0: for. Yeah, I'll have to watch that too. I saw Quiet Place Part 2 as well. I I I thought the prologue opening sequence was the best part of the movie. So that was kind of like the whole thing was on a little downward trend from there. But... John Krasinski still proves that he, uh, he he has an eye for it and he's got a good idea of tension and uh, yeah, I thought it was I thought it was solid. I still, I don't know if I would go as far as to say it tops the, the first one but also gives a shit It's all arbitrary anyway.
1: I thought um, it was like about as good as the first
0: one. <laughs> I like that Cillian Murphy had to step in as a bearded white guy lead. Yeah, you gotta have one. <laughs> mm-hmm. This podcast mm-hmm. has two. Really fast, we'll talk about things that you can read with your
1: eyes sorry I don't have a lot uh, of comics these last couple episodes I've been a little bit behind but I am catching up Uh, Spider's Shadow, Chip Zdarsky that shit is unreal, it's so good read that Venom 200 uh, that shit's the best, obviously Um, and uh, Batman Earth 1 Volume 3 came out which I haven't read yet but I'm really excited for it because the first two are really good and Gary Frank, his art is incredible Um, I'm really, really, really hyped for that hooray that'll be good war of the bounty hunters number one was really good too um so i'm looking forward to continuing with that but as far as books without pictures go my new year's resolution was i want to read a book every week for the whole year so i have 52 books for the end of the year Mm -hmm. and i am on track Wow. Uh, So far. And I'm really excited for it. And I have a little journal that I got from Barnes & Noble where I write down all my books. So I have a few books. I read a lot of Star Wars books, and most of them weren't very good. Uh, But I read the Thrawn trilogy, and I didn't really like it sorry everybody I, <laughs> I also read wait. Kenobi and uh, and I didn't really like it sorry everybody but the best Star Wars book that I read was actually about Star Wars it was called How Star Wars Conquered the Universe that's a really excellent in-depth history of Star Wars that I really really loved it's really really good um, and it's it's just it like dives into George Lucas and, uh, and, 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 and like just it, he's so fascinating and that book does mm-hmm. a great job of framing him mm-hmm. and, and the, that whole the, just the whole history of Star Wars all the way up until the release of Force Awakens that's when it ends um, and that's a fucking great book go check it out right now I'm working on one about Star Trek as well, It's called The 50-Year Mission, and there's two volumes of that, one that is all about the original series uh, and one that is all about everything after that. And th- that one's really great as well because it's not a third-person history in the way that the Star Wars one was. It's almost entirely made out up of snippets of interviews uh, mm-hmm. from people that were involved. So it's like everyone in- that was ever involved in Star Trek telling the story of it, and it's really... Uh, an amazing like piece of journalism. It's, it's, nice. an, it's, uh, it's a really great book. I read Stephen King's The Gunslinger. I think Donnie really likes the Dark Tower books. I didn't like it. I read uh, <laughs> uh, and then I read a bunch of others but the last one I'll mention is The Handmaid's Tale. I really love The Handmaid's Tale. That was a great book. Good stuff. Is it? Read things, watch things. That's a lot of them for you. The, that'll give you plenty to watch and read and listen to before we put out another episode uh, two
0: months from now. <laughs> yep
1: (laughs) alright everybody well thanks for listening to another edition of the Supple Boys Talk Hour podcast Um, we're glad to do it for you we're glad to be here Um, thank you so much for your support and for listening to the front 45 minutes where we just talk about ourselves and the the things that we're doing Uh, thanks for the attention Uh, we, uh, we run a network of podcasts called the amazing friends podcast network, uh, featuring podcasts from people much more famous than us, like Ryan Stegman. His podcast is Stegman and his amazing friends, where he brings on other people from the comic book industry and they do inside baseball comic book talk and it's the best. We're also on it. The other one is Donnie Cates' podcast with his wife, Megan Hutchison Cates, uh, which is called devil's advocates book club where every Once in a while, we get on there and we talk about a comic book that Donnie really likes uh, or that is new to Donnie, although that's been a little bit. Mostly, we've been talking about Why the Last Man. We have three parts of discussion of Why the Last Man on there that are all up now, and we'll be back talking about something else really soon on there those are great shows go give them a listen please uh review all the stuff on apple podcast please send us emails uh you can do that at sheridan and smith at gmail.com all these shows and merch and our patreon are all at sheridan uh which uh the patreon involves several different tiers with with benefits including a supple hangout where you get to hang out with us every month which we need to have one of those really soon um and we love doing those with everybody. So anybody that's on there, thank you for supporting us. And if you haven't gotten on there, jump on there. We'd love to hang out with you. Uh, and we hope you like the merch and all that stuff. Um, yeah. Oh, that's pretty good. Is that everything? I think that's everything.
0: Catchphrase.
1: Oh, yeah. Our catchphrase is like what you like and don't be a dick. Please. Um,
0: yeah. And uh, leave us more hate mail. That would be, be good. be <laughs> good. That would be good. <laughs> Follow us on Twitter. I'm at Griff Sheridan. Ethan's at yes. to Astonish. At Supple Boys. At Stegman Show. These are all places you can find things that we make. And, mm-hmm. and you know, occasionally little, little funny comments.
1: You could tweet yeah. at Don Cates. Hey, do more episodes of Book Club.
0: Mm-hmm. He'll love that.
1: Yeah, he'll love that. That would be <laughs> great. Alright, thanks everybody for listening. We'll see ya Hello. next time. Oh, bye.
0: Hey, did you know that the podcast you're listening to right now is actually part of a network of podcasts dubbed the Amazing Friends Podcast Network, Ethan Parker Smith? I did, Griffin Sheridan.
1: And did you know that for other great podcasts, comics, and more, you can visit SheridanandSmith.com?
0: Huh. No shit. <laughs>